0: You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church, Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Yes, we had an awesome time in the first service. Glory, glory, glory. And I have the honor and the privilege to bring the word to you this morning. <laughs> glory. Amen. Why don't you turn to someone? Just, just look at that person. Tell them you look good to me this morning. Come on. Don't be shy. Come on. Tell that person it's okay. It's okay to appreciate other people. Yes. I know you prefer to say to yourself, but, you know, just say to someone. You already saw yourself in the mirror this morning. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Glory, glory! You're welcome. Hey, Olivier, bienvenue, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> glory, glory. Hallelujah. We're going to go into the Word of God. Just a few, um, few things I want to share with you. And uh, to be honest, Jesus is Lord. <laughs> Isn't it? Yes, <laughs> it's, it's the truth. Yeah, yeah, it's biblical. Yeah. So I want to share with you a few things, um, but I'm just thinking about the the ministry of Jesus and how he chose his disciples. It's 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 incredible. And if you look at how he chose his disciples and you look at, you look at how he had to contend and deal with all those things, their flaws, their defects. Do you understand? He had to handle all of that and manage that for three and a half years. Some of you won't even survive a week with one of those guys. We're just one of them. And he had them he had several of them. Okay, He actually had many disciples, but he chose 12. He went to pray all night, and the Father told him the 12 to choose among all the other disciples. And those 12, you need to see their profile. My, oh my. So I, come, I came across this write-up that I want to read for you. Which will interest you. I know that. So when you go for your, um, when you employ a, uh, a consulting firm to help you to assess and select those that you want to employ. Hmm? So this is uh, a memo to Jesus of Nazareth. From the Jerusalem Management Consulting Firm. Okay? Now, listen to this. Thank you for submitting the resumes of the 12 men you have picked for management positions in your new organization. All of them have now taken a series of tests. And we have not only run the results through our computer but we have also conducted an in-depth interview with each one of them by our staff psychologist and vocational aptitude consultant. Okay. Now, the profiles of all these tests are included, and you will want to study each of them carefully. It is the staff's opinion that most of your nominees are lacking in background education, and vocational aptitude for the type of enterprise that you are undertaking. They do not have the team concept, and we would highly recommend that you continue to search for persons with more experience, higher qualifications, greater managerial abilities. Simon Peter is emotionally unstable. and is given to fits of temper. Andrew simply has no qualities of leadership. The two brothers, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, place personal interests above company loyalty and are quite boisterous. Thomas demonstrates a questioning attitude that would tend to undermine the morale among the ranks. It is also our duty to inform you that the Better Business Bureau of Greater Jerusalem has received reports on Matthew regarding questionable business practices. <laughs> <laughs> James, the son of Alphaeus and Taddeus, definitely have radical leanings and both demonstrate attitude problems which would present difficulty in their dealings with the public. However, one of your candidates shows great potential. He is a man of ability and resourcefulness, meets people well, and has a keen business mind, and has contacts in high places. He's highly motivated, ambitious, responsible, and is not afraid to take the initiative. We recommend Judas Iscariot <laughs> as the most qualified of all your prospective candidates. Sincerely, the Jerusalem Management Consulting Firm. Surprise, surprise. Man looks at the outward appearance. God is not like man. God does not look at man from the outward. He looks at potential. He looks at purpose. He looks at what he has put in man. So turn to someone and say, Learn to look beyond the flaws. Okay? In your dealings with people, learn to look beyond their weaknesses. Learn to look beyond their imperfections. Because you have lots of imperfections yourself. Learn to see potential in people. If you are going to be like Jesus, you have to be able to look at people's weaknesses and see beyond that. The people God gave Jesus, were they were not easy people. They were not easy people to deal with. But we are in the people business. How many people know the kingdom is about people? Yes? It's not about structures and systems. Although that is important, but it's about people. God is a people person. Alright? Jesus came to die for people. He shed his blood for people. And the Great Commission is about people. So, if you don't learn to deal with people beyond their flaws, you will never go far with God. You'll never go far. Don't even talk about being a pastor. I'm talking about going far. <laughs> you, 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 you can't there's no profession that does not require people yeah. Yeah. Huh? even those that deal with machines and whatever yeah. you know that now they've come they are beginning to say that there is in fact they are recommending the experts are recommending that you 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 employ people that study um, especially for engineering, they also need people that have feelings. Okay? Because, yeah, what what do they call it again? Um, Emotional intelligence. That's right. So there's need for emotional intelligence. What is it about? It's about people. So even if you're building machines, those machines are going to be used by people. So you need to understand how to relate with people. You need to know how to connect with people. Okay. So, I have news for you. You need to be a people person. If you want to be like Jesus. Look straight if you are not a people person. By the end of this service, you'll become a people person. You will be baptized with love for people. And you will begin to see people. The way God sees them. All right? And that's why God brought us together. That's why He brought us together. Why? Because we need each other despite our flaws. I was talking to Pastor Ryan, you know, just in the course of the service. I said, I I can't bounce like him. You know, how many people know he has springs? natural springs when the worship is on and you know this ceiling I'm just praying Lord please preserve our ceiling we don't, we, 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 don't want, we don't want to we don't want to have to fix this thing again and well he's anointed nothing will happen to him it's the ceiling I'm concerned about Yeah. But we need that. We need that. Yeah. There's some of you that are so reserved. We need you. You're part of the party. Glory to God. Some of you can't stop talking. We need you. We need you. Just let it flow, make sure you say the right thing keep talking but say the right thing. It's okay. It's okay to be talkative. Don't shut them up. Give them, give them the right material. Okay. And some of you are dreamers. We need you. We need you. Hmm? Some people see visions when I'm preaching. We need you. <laughs> Just look straight. Nobody will know you're the one. Nobody will know you're the one. Yeah, dreaming dreams in the midst of the service. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's an incredible gift. I'm telling you. It's an incredible g- I mean, we need dreamers. You know that we need dreamers? Yeah, Joseph's are dreamers. Yeah, in the kingdom, we need Josephs. And Josephs have to dream. And the way, only way you can dream is you need to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Glory to God. It's amazing. But it's all part of, it's all part of God's creativity and his sense of humor. Amazing. If you are tall, you're welcome. If you are short, you're welcome. If you are slim, you're welcome. If you are full, you're welcome. (laughs) Come on. Just tell someone, say, I'm welcome, I'm welcome. There's a place for me in my father's house. There is a place for me in my father's house. Come on. Yeah. Never you feel inferior. Because you're not like somebody else. Don't. Okay? And never apologize for who you are. Don't. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Anybody says you are ugly, it's them that can't see well. It's not you. It's not your problem. It's their problem. Come on. Yes. So if you have hair, you're welcome. If you don't have hair, you're welcome. All of you, come on. One of these days, we'll have a hair growing service. (laughs) May you invite all those. (laughs) All those that are challenged in that area. And would like to make a change. (laughs) But let's look at some of this. Let's look at some of the disciples that Jesus chose. Last week we talked about the Nicodemus believer. You remember? The Nicodemus believer is a kind of disciple that is not bold enough to stand for what he believes. So at least he doesn't want to go public with his faith. And it's amazing how Jesus managed that relationship. Jesus did not rebuke him for coming at night. I think it was even commendable that he could come at night. That he even came at all. Right? Came to Jesus at night. You see that in John chapter 3. From verse 1. John chapter 3 from verse 1. Come on, let's read that. He says, now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do this signs that you do unless God is with him. He came when? At night. He didn't come in the daytime. Why? He's part of the Pharisees. The Pharisees had a major problem with Jesus. Why? Jesus did not fit their theological box. Here, Jesus, just, he just kept spoiling the, the show for them. Jesus was too popular. Jesus was—he continued to expose their weaknesses. He co- continued to expose the weakness of their doctrine. He continued to expose their hypocrisy. Do you understand? Can you have to expose that? Everywhere Jesus went, Jesus manifested power, He preached with power, and these guys I you, these guys, they, they preach for a living. Yeah. So when Jesus comes, they lose all the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> the church is empty when Jesus is in town. Yeah. My goodness. So every kind of thing they had to speak against Jesus, in fact, they wanted to even kill him. They are the ones that got him killed anyway. So Nicodemus is part of these people. But then he comes to Jesus at night. He doesn't come in the daytime. He doesn't come when others are there. He comes when Jesus is alone. And interestingly, Jesus, even in that interaction, you find that even as he came to Jesus, let's read verse 3 quickly. That's not what I want, but let's just read it. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God, right? And then let's read verse 5. Verse 5. And Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Do you notice that Jesus didn't speak to him about repentance? Yeah. Remember, Jesus was preaching, had been preaching, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand after the death of John the Baptist. Alright? Jesus is preaching the kingdom of God. This man comes at night, but Jesus doesn't preach repentance to him. Why? Because I believe that Nicodemus had already repented. So there's no need to tell him to repent. He has repented, but he's not bold. So, Jesus says, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom. Unless you are born of water and of spirit, you cannot enter. So, when, when there are some believers that have repented, but, you know, they hide their Bibles. Let nobody know. Nobody. At least nowadays, we have them in the phone, so just carry the phone. Nobody will know that I'm a, I'm a believer. At least I'm going to church. They won't know I'm going to church. I'm just carrying my phone. There are people like that. But some of you, because you've been, you've, you've, you've been established so well in the faith, you can carry your Bible. It doesn't even matter. You know that this size. There's one Bible. We call Dick's Bible. How many people know that Bible? It's so big. Hmm? there's one Bible my father-in-law gave me. It's almost as big as this chair. <laughs> yeah. I can't take it anywhere. It's the weight alone. So it's just there in the house. Yeah. So some people, there are some people that carry will carry that because they want you to know I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. Yeah. So there are some people like that. It's okay. Mm-hmm. No problem. If you are like that, kudos to you. But if you are the type that has to carry a cell phone, you know, where are you going to? Uh-huh, just around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going for a walk. <laughs> so pastor is preaching, invite your friends to church. They must not know I go to church. Why? Because when you are with them, you know know the things you do. You know how you guys talk. You know how you make fun of preachers. You know how you make fun of Christians. But yet, you are one of them. So, in your heart, you are like, God, help me. How do I get out of this? It's okay. There's grace for you. One day, you will grow strong there are people like that there are disciples like that so learn to see beyond people's flaws learn to see Christ in people learn to see potential in people learn to see destiny in people amen And that's what Jesus saw in this man and we saw how he progressed from being a night person to being a public person. How he identified with Jesus at the very end. At the the time of the greatest shame in the life of Jesus, Nicodemus was there. Incredible. Hmm? But look at look at another group of them. I want you to see these ones. I like these guys. Matthew chapter 20, and look at let's look at verse 20. It says, Then the mother of the Zebedees came to him with her sons, kneeling down and asking something from him. And he said to her, What do you wish? She said to him, Grant that these two sons of mine may sit. One on your right hand and the other on your left in your kingdom. Come on. Now these guys, these guys are so uh, I mean their their ambition is not I mean it's 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 amazing. So both of them are so competitive, so ambitious, right? James and John. But they now came to a compromise. and said, okay, fine. The best thing. Because this one wanted to be the one and this other one wanted to be the one. And they now finally agreed, okay, fine. You will be on his left. I will be on his right. That <laughs> who is going to be on the right? But Now, let, let mommy Go and talk to Jesus. Okay? Let mommy go and talk to Jesus. And they convinced the mom. But the mom, she knows her her boys. If she wants peace at home, she has to join in this politics. She has to join in this politics. So, the mom comes to Jesus. And amazingly, she doesn't just come, she kneels down. This is a serious request. Please. (laughs) My home is on fire. (laughs) You have to answer this thing now. Let's sort it out once and for all. We know you have come to establish a kingdom. Okay, You have come to establish kingdom. It's, it's very clear to us. But these two boys, I want you to give them their position now. No. <laughs> this one should be your minister of your deputy, deputy one and deputy two. In your kingdom. Yeah. Ha! These are the people Jesus chose. Those are the people. Amazing. The kind of people and you know that when you read John chapter 17 that Jesus did not just choose these people. The father was the one that gave him these people. Because when he was praying, he said, Father, the people you gave to me they are all intact except one. That was recommended by the Jerusalem (laughs) (laughs) consulting firm. That's the one that scored the highest. So sometimes human scoring is not equivalent to God's score. All right. So these guys, they were, they were chosen by the Father. And Jesus had to deal with these guys. So the Father will bring all kinds of people into our midst. But it's our responsibility to now disciple them. And help them to grow and become like Christ. So that's the mission Jesus had. That's the mission Jesus had. Let's read on. Let's read on. Okay. Okay but Jesus answered and said you do not know what you ask do you, do you, my friends do you know what you are asking for this kind of position doesn't come just like that there is a high price that comes with this but you don't know alright and then he says are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink so this position comes with a particular kind of cup there is a cup you have to drink in order for you to sit here. And what is that cup? Suffering. There's a kind of suffering that I am going to go through. Part of the price is suffering. Most Christians today don't know what it means to suffer. Hmm? Most Christians today cannot even handle the slightest pressure. The slightest pressure, they have to take some medications you know, to stay sane. Come on. Yeah, but th- that's the reality. But Jesus says, listen, guys, this is tough what you are asking for. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink and to be baptized with the baptism that I'm about to be baptized with? What is this baptism? This is what is known as the baptism of suffering. Hello. Have you heard about the baptism of suffering? The baptism of suffering is what Jesus went through. In Gethsemane, remember when he was praying, Father, let this cup pass over me. Yeah, that's what he was referring to. And they said to him, we are able. What are you talking about? We're able, isn't it, for the kingdom? We, 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 we'll drink any cup. Go through anything. Come on. Say confidence. Yeah, those guys were confident in themselves. Self-confidence. Yeah. And Jesus, let's look at it. Jesus doesn't dispute that. So he said to them, you will indeed drink my cup. Yes, you will. By the way, you're going to drink it. Just for being my disciples, you will drink it. And you will be baptized with the baptism that I'm, a, I'm baptized with. But to sit on my right and on my left is not mine to give. It's not mine to give. It's not my, I. I don't have that power. That's what Jesus was trying to say. What you're asking for? Only the Father can give it. He says, but it is for those... For whom it is prepared. By who? My father. Amazing. So you see that in the Godhead there is hierarchy. There is hierarchy. Many Christians don't understand that. The father is higher than Jesus. And Jesus is submitted to the father. He says, I wish I could. Maybe because I like you or whatever. But I can't decide that. The Father has prepared that for some people. And we don't know who. Even Jesus didn't know. Glory to God. So what are we seeing here? We're looking at these guys who were able to corner Jesus and take him away from the, from the other ten. Because they want to establish themselves. That's the kind of spirit in the midst of the disciples. <laughs> imagine. So because of that, you can imagine the kind of, the kind of um, chemistry in Jesus' team. Yeah? Think about that. Oh, so you think you're better. Oh, you think you are more deserving. Huh? What about the rest of us? (laughs) But you need to see beyond the flaws. Jesus was able to see beyond all of that. He was not distracted by that. Some of the things you see in people's lives are just a distraction. Are you getting me? Yeah, it's just a distraction. You need to see beyond that. So you can look at somebody and say, I know God has a great thing for you. In the midst of the rebellion. Some people are so rebellious. Yes. But God is working. God is working in their lives. Look at verse verse 24. And when the ten heard it, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. I don't blame them. So, okay, where do you want us to sit? Huh? You want us to just just be around. No seat for us. Those guys were just trying to sort out their future. (laughs) Glory to God. But Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. Amen. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man Did not come to be served. But to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Glory. So Jesus used that moment to now bring a teaching. Because now the dispute was about greatness. I want to be the greatest. The two brothers want to be the greatest. And that's why they want to be Deputy Jesus 1, Deputy Jesus 2. And Jesus is saying, it doesn't come like that in the kingdom. In the world, you you, you can manipulate your way. You you can bring other people down to climb. You can backstab them. That's what they do, right? They say all kinds of things about you. Make up stories so that you look bad. And then they now bring their good face. And Jesus says, no, in the kingdom, it doesn't work like that. In the kingdom, actually, if you want to be on top, you need to go down. And that's why I often say the greatest men and women of God are not known. Yeah, it's not all the high profile that you see on TV and all of that. No, it's not. When we stand before God, that's when they'll be revealed. And we will all be shocked. What? How? And God will tell you how. I remember somebody shared um, this is about Billy Graham many years ago. He had, I don't know if it's a dream or a vision or whatever. And he saw, it was like he was in heaven and there was a reward, a crown. A gorgeous crown that was, was, was about to be placed on someone's head. So, as the Lord was walking towards him, he was like, yes, it's me. <laughs> you know, the great Billy Graham. Yeah? And the Lord walks past him. And he puts it on the head of one woman. And he's like, no. <laughs> it's, me. <laughs> it's me. It's me. It's you, me. You, you made a mistake here. He said, no. All the results you were getting in your crusades, This is the woman that prayed them in. Yeah. So when you intercede, when you pray, things happen. Amen. It's not necessarily those on the stage. Amen. 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 So don't be easily impressed by what is obvious. There is more behind the scenes. So these guys, they're like that. And look at, let's look at another, um, let's look at another example. Look at Luke chapter twenty-two. Saint Luke's Gospel. Verse 31, Jesus said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. But he said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you, both to prison and to death. Come on. This guy is amazing. You remember that this is the same guy that in Matthew 16 revealed the identity of Jesus. When Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? He says, they say, some say John the Baptist, some say Jeremiah, some say one of the prophets. And then Jesus stops and says, but who do you say that I am? And he says, you are Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus was so impressed. Jesus says, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Okay? And then he says, you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church. The gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Right? He says, and I give you the keys of the kingdom. That's serious. I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound um, in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth shall be loose in heaven. What did this same Peter do? The next moment. Jesus now thought, okay, fine. This guy, since they've got this revelation, I need to take them to the next level and reveal to them the father's plan. He now began to tell them how he had to suffer and how he had to die. And Peter said, okay, um, this is, I think I need, to, I, need to, I need to correct this quickly because he's, he's, he's getting out of line now. And he takes Jesus aside. Yeah, he takes Jesus aside. Let's read that. Let's let's read that passage, Matthew chapter sixteen. He takes Jesus aside, and he's rebuking the master. <laughs> My Lord, we'll come back here. Let's let's read, let's read uh, Matthew chapter sixteen. He takes him aside and says, Far be it. No, Lord, you're not going to die. Hmm? Verse 16. What? Chapter Matthew 16, verse, is it 20, 20 something? 22, thank you. He says, Then Peter took him aside, <laughs> and began to rebuke Jesus. Hey, Somebody say protocol. Hey, this is a violation of protocol. Of kingdom protocol. You are rebuking the king of kings. You are rebuking God. Because he came to your level. Yeah? Yeah, because he came to your level, now you can talk and, you know, You become familiar with him, then you start rebuking him. He took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, far be it from you, Lord. And he's calling, he's still saying, Lord, in the midst of that rebuke. So there are some disciples like that. God has some children like this. If you study the life of all these disciples, you will see the kind of children that God has. The kind of Christians you see in the church. We are all there. Tell someone, say you are there, you're there. All right. He says, This shall not happen to you. No, don't say that. That's negative confession. Don't, Don't say that. Meanwhile, this is the plan of the Father. This is the reason for which Jesus came. You understand? But because he got one simple revelation, he thinks he's got everything. Instead of him to submit and hear more from the Lord and learn more, he has become big in his head. Knowledge has puffed him up. Pride has come in. And now he's rebuking the master. And listen, look at what the master says to him. Next verse. Come on. And he turned and said to Peter, come on. What did he say? Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Hello. I thought he was talking to Peter. When did Peter become Satan? So you can see that sometimes there are some believers that sometimes are inspired by the Holy Ghost and sometimes they are inspired by Satan. One moment they are hearing from God. The next moment is Satan speaking. But you must look beyond the flaws. Amen. <laughs> You need wisdom. You need maturity. You need to know your right from your left so that you're not confused. Because if it were some of us that this happened to, we would have been confused. We would have just embraced what Satan is saying and then missed God's plan. You see? But Jesus was able to handle it. He saw through it and he addressed the spirit behind Peter. Behind that inspiration. Behind that voice. He addressed the spirit. Sometimes I feel like telling people get thee behind me Satan. But I just control myself. I say Eric be a good boy. Be be a good pastor. Just be nice. Be kind. Be kind. Glory, glory, glory. So back to Luke. Let's look at Luke. The same Peter. You would think that he learned his lesson. Why did Satan go and ask for permission? So that means Satan sometimes asks God for permission to do some things in our lives. Okay? And Jesus told him. Satan has asked for you. Instead of him to say, Jesus, please pray for me. That these things don't happen. He said, no, me? Never. You will never, never, never. Me? To prison and to death. I'm going with you. Jesus imit- <laughs> even if it's Robin Island, you're going to. I'll be there with you. Then Jesus said to him, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crawl this day before you will deny me three times. You will deny it three times by the end of today. No. This is what you are saying in the morning. By night time. Three times. You are going to say you don't know me. So there are some people like that. They're just on the spur of the moment. That's the character of Peter. Instantly. They'll just make commitments. Some of us are like that. I say yes. I'm going to buy that combi for the church. We're trusting God for media equipment. By the way, God bless you. Those of you that have been giving... Towards the media, Pastor, I'm going to build a studio. Come on, I so said, praise God, we're thanking God, oh Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you, thank you. By next year, we're still looking. When is it coming? Ah. Yeah, it's forgotten. It's a personality type. There's a particular kind of personality that they make promises, but they don't remember. It's not that they want to be dishonest. Yeah, honestly, I I, I know such people. Count me in. 50,000, I'm coming. But. By the time he comes, he looks at the situation at home, and he looks and say, "Ah." The wife say, "But how can you say this when you know? <laughs> Didn't you think?" <laughs> he say, ah. it Was the anointing. <laughs> That's why you see in TBN they will say, "Call now, now, now! Call right now! Make your." Pay now. Why? Because they know that if you don't do it now and you have time to think, you won't do it. That's why we don't manipulate people here. If you want to do it, you do it. If you don't, it's OK. Hallelujah. But God bless you for being generous. So that's Peter for you. That's Peter. And this is the one that Jesus gave the keys of the kingdom to. (laughs) It's it's, it's incredible. How can Jesus, you know this man, and you can see this kind of behavior, and yet you're still giving him this? But you say, God is not like you. Touch your neighbor, say, God is not like you. And that's good news. Isn't it good news that God is not like me? Can you imagine if God is like me? My goodness, we'll be in trouble. The the world will be finished by now. Hmm? And we know the story how by the end of everything this man denied Jesus. In fact he even swore and cursed himself. If I know this man let thunder strike me. (laughs) But Jesus saw beyond that. I don't understand but Jesus is amazing. And if you look at John chapter 20, let, I think I'll close with this. Time is gone. Glory to God. After the resurrection, after Jesus, because when Jesus is arrested, Peter runs away. All of them, all the 12 run away. Okay, They all run away. They are nowhere to be found. And now, Jesus is risen from the dead. And we see here in verse, chapter 21. Okay, chapter 21 of St. John's Gospel. These guys, they went fishing. They're fishing and they caught nothing. They fish all night. They caught nothing. And then Jesus said to them, verse 5, children, have you any food? They answered, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast the net and they were not able to draw it because of the multitude of fish. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, (laughs) who is this one now? See how he introduces himself. The disciple whom Jesus loved. I'm telling you, there was an amazing chemistry in this team. Yeah. The disciple whom Jesus loved, told Peter, it is the Lord. Now when Simon heard that it was the Lord, he put out his outer garment, for he had removed it, and he plunged into the sea. He swam, you know. (laughs) Got there. By the time he got there, Guess what? Verse 9. As soon as they had come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish which you have just caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to the land, full of large fish, 153. Although there were so many, the net was not broken. And Jesus said to them, Come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? Knowing that it is, it was the Lord. Jesus came back and took bread and gave it to them. And likewise, the fish. Can you imagine? They went to fight for food. They went to fish all night. They struggled. They had abandoned Jesus. Now they come. What they were fighting for, Jesus had set it for them. Isn't that amazing? Some people turn their backs on God because they want to go and do this, do that. But then by the time you come back, your Father, God has already laid the table for you. You don't need to compromise. You don't need to lose your salvation. You don't need to lose your faith. He's there. He's still providing for you, even in the midst of all your, you know, your backslide, backsliding and all of that. Hmm? So, when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, "Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these?" He said to him, "Yes, Lord, you know that I love you." He said to him, "Feed my lambs." And he said to him again, the second time, "Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me?" He said to him, "Yes, Lord, you know." That I love you. And he said to him, tend my sheep. And he said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Simon was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. You know what Jesus was doing here? He was restoring Peter. Peter denied him three times. Now, Jesus restores him. Three times he asks him, do you love me more than this? And it's interesting, if you read it in the Greek, the play of words is interesting. Do you agape me more than this? Peter didn't have the confidence to say that. You know, Lord, I failure you. Do you agape me more than this? Lord, I feel you. You see, so the love Jesus was talking about was the unconditional love. The love that irrespective of circumstances, irrespective of situations, you still remain faithful. And Peter didn't have the confidence to say yes. Because he knew had failed him but Jesus restored him hallelujah so look beyond the flaws of people and restore them give them so much love that they'll be restored okay don't be a critic glory to God Ah, we've come to the end of our service come on let's stand up talk to the Lord Lord help me to see beyond the flaws of people help me help me Mighty God, mighty God. Come on. Let's talk to the Lord. I ask the Lord to open your eyes, to see, to see greatness in people. Ask him to see, to help you to see. Just like Jesus saw beyond the, the defects, the character defects of these disciples. Time will fail us to look at all of them, I'm telling you. These guy's lives, most of these guys will not even qualify to be on some of our teams if we had to look at them. But you know what? God looked beyond all of that. And today, these 12, excluding Judas, these 12 have made the foundation of the new Jerusalem. Isn't that amazing? Lord did not only restore them. He established them. And he gave them a position that nobody in entire human history can take their place. And there is a place for you in the kingdom. There is a place for you. You might not be there yet. But don't give up. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on people. Continue to love people. Continue to believe in people. Continue to believe that God will make something great out of people. And I believe that God is at work in your life. Father, we bless you this morning. We appreciate you, Lord. We glorify you. Thank you. Thank you for your word. Lord, I ask that you will baptize us with love. Your agape love. The love that has been shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. That's what your word says. Let that love flow. Let that love help us to be patient. Let that love help us to be kind. Help, let that love help us, oh Father, to go the extra mile in our relationships with people. My Lord and my God, we bless you this morning. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand.